Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, My Broken Hallelujah. I'm Missy Reed. Sorry, it's been a couple of weeks since I've produced a podcast, but it's it's kind of been a little rough. There's, if you remember a couple of podcasts back, I told you that the Lord had asked me to kind of remember some things and process some things and it's just, it's, it's been hard and I haven't really felt like podcasting if I'm being honest, but I know this is where God has called me and wants me to do. So I thought I would jump on and just kind of update you on really what it's looking like. So I guess this would be processing trauma in real life part two. <laughs> and uh, it's hard. There were some things that came out in my counseling session on Tuesday, some things that I knew was already there. I just um, didn't really, I can't say I didn't remember. I remembered it, but it was very jumbled, almost like a big ball. And I really wasn't interested in pulling apart exact things that happened in that night of, I had mentioned before that I was used in a satanic ritual when I was eight. If you didn't catch that podcast, I think it's a couple back. It says pro- what processing trauma looks like or something to that effect. And there were things in there that I had to go and decipher and really take apart the ball of memories, even though I had the gist of it, I needed to pull that apart and look at individual things because it was having an effect on me. One of the things that was really affecting me was when the grand marshal of the ceremonies put his hand around my throat saying how much he wished he could kill me in that moment. And while I absolutely believe that by the grace of God, I am still alive because there are many that don't make it out, that action really did have a profound effect on my voice. Even when I went to describe that to my counselor, I could still feel his hand on my throat. And I had to process that. And it's, it's been a hard, <laughs> hard couple of weeks. And sometimes it just sucks. It, it just stinks. Like you have to walk through the hardest parts emotionally, physically, mentally, uh, of trauma, of dealing with it and being able to process And there will always be that aspect of undoing, right, in the spiritual too. So you will have to do some type of warfare nine times out of ten to rebuke that and reverse that curse. And for me, that's that's been the last couple of weeks. And I'm, you know, still going through it, still going through it. So, you know, here we are. 
There are some other things that the Lord has spoken to me. He's asked me to go deeper with him, to allow him to heal me and do some things with the foreknowledge of that it would be hard. It will be like walking through the refiner's fire. And when the Lord himself tells you that what he's asking will be worth it in the end, but it's going to be hard up front, that means it's probably going to get pretty uncomfortable. And I think he does that so you understand exactly what he's asking of you and what it will take. His yoke is easy and it's light, but getting you to replace yours with his sometimes can be heavy and hard, if that makes any sense. He is with you every step of the way. He will never leave you or forsake you, but I truly believe the things that he's asking me to deal with and go deeper into is more of things that I hold on to, to keep, even to this day, to keep me emotionally strong and to keep walls built up and to keep certain things or people at arm's length. And I'm not saying that you have to let everybody in that I don't believe. I think you need to be very careful, but there are things that you need to deal with and let the Lord heal you. And I would say 10 out of 10 times when the Lord asks you to do something like this, it goes deep and it gets hard. So I feel like I'm kind of putting myself out there by saying all this. And maybe some of you have had to deal that deal with that and you've never had anyone speak about it and you thought maybe you were doing it wrong. And maybe some of you are on the cusp of getting asked to do the same thing and you don't know if you can do it or if you're even sure this is what you want to do. Can I encourage you? first of all, you're never alone. There's all of us going through something. You never just arrive. Um, The Lord is always there to do what the Lord does best. But if you haven't taken the Lord up on his offer because the thought of going through it and him telling you it's going to be hard has discouraged you or even scared you, can I just encourage you, like, just do it. Get some people in your corner that will pray with you when you need it. I've got a couple of very good friends that I can text and along with my husband, who is always there that I can lean on when it gets tough. But when the Lord calls you to go deep, that's who you need to lean on. And that's who you need to go in with. Because even when he says, let's look at this, let's deal with this, and it's painful and you're on your knees crying and you just think, I cannot take this, push through, ask him to help you with how heavy it is with the burden. I know that's what I I do and plan to do. (laughs) You know, it it is kind of scary when the Lord tells you that, you know, you'll be walking through the refiner's fire. I, I 
would love to tell you exactly what all that means. I don't know. I wish I did. I wish I, I think it's different for everybody. The fire is probably still the same, but what we all have to give up and what needs refinement in each of us is probably different. And I think people who come from a childhood of abuse, we really have to learn to let a lot of things go. We have to accept healing on the deepest level of us. And we have to start to see the Lord in a completely different light. And then we really kind of have to drop our coping mechanisms in the way that we deal with people, ourselves, just all kinds of different little nuances that probably someone that never had any kind of trauma in their childhood has to experience. And I think it comes at different times for everybody. Some people get to deal with it early on. Some people are midway like me. Other people are later in life. There's no rhyme or reason of why and how we get there. But if you find yourself there and you find that you're hearing the Holy Spirit call to you and say, go deeper. And then you hear the Lord say, it's going to be hard. Do it. And I'll be podcasting and, and kind of going through or describing what I'm going through, I guess I should say, when I feel led to, when I feel that I have a release to do that. I don't always have a release to talk about everything that has happened in my childhood. There are very specific things that the Lord has said, I will never talk about in public that that is non-negotiable. And I'm okay with that. I don't need to tell every bit of my story. I don't need, and people don't need to hear every bit of my story, but the parts that I do release, I feel like people should hear the honest, raw truth of it. And this is, this is honest and this is raw. And I try not to hold back the emotional part of it because when I was going through this at the very beginning, I couldn't find anyone talking about how hard it was or being raw in the moment or saying, yes, I had a mental disease disorder or mental illness or whatever it, it is called of anxiety of horrible intrusive thoughts of depression of, you know, all these different things. And some people don't have words to even put to that. So I, I wish that when I was going through it, I would have had somebody else telling me, yes, I had the same thing. And this is what how I got healed. This is what helped me. I went to counseling. I I dealt with my past. I dealt with my abuse. Some people get on antidepressants. I did not do that because in my life I didn't, I had two emotions, happy or mad. I was, I never allowed myself to feel sad. I never allowed myself to really feel anything. I could turn things on and off like a light switch. So I knew I needed to learn how to feel the emotions. But I also had very strong Christians who would lay hands on me and pray for me. 
And I knew that when I was hearing things like, you're going to go crazy and kill your kids, or you're going to go crazy in the middle of the mall and I'm going to kill you, that that wasn't my voice. I knew that it was coming from a place that wasn't me. I knew I was being tormented by the enemy. And I knew that I had trauma that was also speaking through that. And I think that until people hear someone actually say these words, you feel very alone and you feel very scared to tell people you feel very scared to have people pray over you. I was the same exact way. And thankfully, again, I had people in my life for years that knew me and knew that was not something that I was going to ever do, that that's not something I would ever pursue. And I knew enough about the Lord that when I heard that it was, I knew it wasn't me and I knew it wasn't God. And I knew exactly where it was coming from. Doesn't mean it didn't scare me to death because it did. It absolutely did. I was terrified and living on the edge of, I don't know, white knuckling it, whatever they call that until I finally got the, the help that I needed. And that's, where I'm at today. That's why I want to tell you in real time what's going on. I want to tell you what has happened in the past. I want to encourage you to get into counseling. I want to encourage you to get in a church, a Bible-believing, tongue-speaking church that believes in miracles, healings, deliverances, all of that. I want to encourage you to do that because truth be told, people that come from childhood abuse. We, uh, we need all of that. (laughs) We need all of that. And sometimes deliverance comes when people lay hands on you and they, you know, pray for you and, and cast some things off of you. And other times deliverance comes through the counseling. I cannot stress enough And I think I say it in every podcast to find you a great Christian counselor. Do a little due diligence on the phone when you're calling and asking. I think most states, if you don't have insurance, they will pay for uh, or offer some type of insurance state. um, I Medicaid, I'm not sure what that's called, that they will offer that to people. And it also covers mental health. And if you don't qualify for that, there's a lot of counselors that have a different rate for cash pay and as opposed to insurance. So please do not let that hinder you or stop you from getting the help you need. Start finding out how to get that. If you have to take your lunch and stop buying Starbucks coffee for six months so you can afford your counselor, then do that. Then do that. It's imperative and it's worth it. And like I said, if you call and ask them if they use the Bible in their counseling, how, you know, if they consider themselves Christian counselors, how exactly is that framed for them? And they will tell you most are very, very honest and pray, 
If you go in to meet with someone and you just have a gut feeling that that is not the person for you, then that's not the person for you. There's a difference. I've met with a couple of counselors that I instantly knew that they were not for me. Absolutely not for me. And don't be afraid to not make another appointment. Just say, I'll call back later if I feel like I I want to pursue that or this or whatever. You will have to advocate for yourself a little bit here, but don't be afraid to tell your counselor what you're going through. Work up a trust with them. If I can offer any advice, get to know them. Let your first three or four visits be about getting to know each other. I know for me, I can't just start out with, you know, blah, this is this. And, you know, I need to really kind of read the room. I think I'm a pretty good judge of character. There's been a few times I've been off, but for the most part, I've been a pretty good judge of character. And I can tell if I can trust this person. I, I pray that you also find that. I had a whole podcast prepared. I'll probably do it next week, but I just, I wasn't feeling that today. I felt like I was supposed to just get on and kind of let everybody know where I'm at. And if you're at the same place, know that you're not alone. I'm, I'm still going through it. I'm still walking out. And one night that has taken me almost 12 years or maybe even a little over 12 years to process from beginning to end. And it's not that I didn't want to, I wanted to, especially when I was first starting it. I just thought that this last little bit was not important to remember. And it turns out it is. (laughs) It turns out that it's pretty important because it was and has been affecting my voice and me speaking out because of that. And in that moment, when he had his hand on my throat saying how bad he wished he could kill me, he was very clear on not, if you ever tell anybody, I will find you and kill you. Well, that's not true. He can't do that. He doesn't have the power or the authority to do that. And by now, he's probably a very old man. So if he's even still alive, all that to say, don't don't let fear get in the way. Trust God in the process. Know that we're all walking through something and I'm here for you. If you need someone to pray with you or or for you while you're walking out your refiner's fire, (laughs) let me know and I would be happy to pray over you or with you. Just, I'm here for you. On that, I think I'm going to end the podcast here and hopefully I'll make another one next week. We can hopefully talk about the one that I have 
prepared and written out. It's on Mary and Martha and some things that I found out about Martha that I find fascinating and identify with as a person who likes to stay very busy so I don't have to think, or I used to. That way I could just absolutely wear myself out at night and I didn't have to think about anything else. And I see that a lot in the little bit that we know about Martha and her interaction with Jesus. So I'm, I'm really kind of looking forward to that. My heart just wasn't there today. My heart was really just to come on and tell you kind of what I'm going through. So I'm going to end here. I love you guys. I'm praying for you. Pray for me. We'll talk next week. Bye-bye.